0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Moss, the official podcast of Somos Moss NM and your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United. My name, of course, is Seth, and joining me in that empty chair right over there is Jacob Terrell. Earl is not with us this week. Earl is out of town traveling, so Earl gets a well-deserved week off. Uh, well-deserved from what I don't really know, because we're, uh, we're not convinced that Earl actually does anything at times, but no, in all seriousness, he's traveling with his wife throughout. I think visiting family and stuff. So, um, this is something that Earl's had on the books for a while. Uh, so, while he's not here, Jacob and I will hold down the show. Uh, we do have a lot to get to this evening. Uh, before we get into our show proper, just a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, we are still looking for content for con. I'm sorry. We are still looking for content creators. If you're interested in writing with us, being on the podcast, doing some social media stuff, uh, we would appreciate you guys dropping us a line on any of our social medias or email addresses. Um, This is not a paid position. Just so you guys know, we don't pay anybody. We don't pay ourselves. We don't make anything on this. We do this uh, for love of the club love of the team and uh, for love of just doing this, talking with other United fans, talking with other soccer fans. So if you're interested in joining the team, let us know. Uh, we, we, we'll be happy to get in touch with you and talk to you see what you want to do. And, uh, yeah, we got, got so much to get to this week. We've got news. We've got United stuff. We've got updates on dev. A lot, lot to get to. But before we do that, Jacob, I do have one burning question for you. What's the food that you wanted to try? You were really excited to do it, but once you had it, it did not live up to the hype.
1: in and out really it wasn't bad don't get me wrong i mean it's a it's a good burger it, it's a very good burger okay but all i heard about oh you're going back to california you gotta try in and out you gotta eat and Out. it's the best it's the best um i would rather have five guys um and hot take very hot take scorching take maybe i'm probably rather have sonic wow now a lot of people bash on sonic's food and i get it but i have a go-to order at sonic that has never done me wrong and so yeah i don't know maybe it's because i prefer green chili on my burgers and that's what i get no matter where i go right um but keep in mind this was i think the last time i had in and out was probably seven years ago so I'm going to, we're going to Vegas in less than a month. No, actually in exactly a month. Um, and I will be going to in and out there okay. uh, for one meal just because when I give it another shot. I mean, I would go <laughs> back anyways. I would go back if it was close and consistent and, or close and and not super busy. I would go back all the time just because it is that good. And it's cheap, super cheap. For for the quality that you get, it is super cheap. But I I ate it and was just like, man, this is good. But it is nowhere near what everybody was saying.
0: Okay, okay. I've actually never had In and Out. Um, I've been. I think they have some over in like the over in Phoenix. I could be yeah. Phoenix, Scottsdale. I, I've been by there. I've never actually eaten there though. And it's something that I, I'm gonna try at some point. Um, but I, I've never had it. People say it's fantastic. I couldn't tell you one way or the other, and and so I, I
1: guess, guess it it's good and it's worth going. Okay, it's just not the best burger ever created, and <laughs> and all that jazz.
0: Okay. Uh, apparently, there's a there, there's a new chicken place coming to town here that's supposed to be really good too. Raising I can't, Cane's? Yes. Apparently, there's supposed to be one of those coming here. It's supposed to be pretty good, so I have to try that once it opens up. But it is good. Uh, Okay, it is good. I do like, right. it. and apparently it's like going right over by like Chick Fil A and Popeyes, or something like there?
1: that, over there off of like Montgomery. And I think that's where it's going. Like, yeah, and Montgomery Sanctuary. And Sanctuary.
0: Yeah. So uh, I guess there was an article talking about it saying it's like gonna be like the chicken wars or something, but who knows? Um, so for me, honestly, and I brought I I asked this question because there's something that's been advertised on TV lately and my son has been asking to try this and it's the ghost pepper chicken nuggets from bark burger king have you seen these have no you- no okay. but i'm you have my attention okay i have been i'm a huge fan of spicy food i love spicy food especially like spicy nuggets spicy chicken sandwiches things like that and i think i think wendy's has the best spicy, spicy chicken sandwich I've, I've had so i thought today i'm like you know i'll, I'll try these these uh ghost pepper chicken nuggets. So I got an order of those, got them home. There is no heat whatsoever to these things. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding? Me? There's not even just like there's not even a hint
1: of of, of heat to these. Like their regular spicy nuggets are spicier. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, exactly. And it was just so so
1: such a giant letdown, you know, <laughs> for something that they're pushing everywhere. Hold on real quick In okay. the comment section Jerry asks what you don't have a Canes in New Mexico No we don't oh, apparently we're getting one But then La Malacion says Best burgers are caveman burgers Over on Coors and Central 100% recommend And then it seems like Tito switched his account <laughs> To his personal account Just to second the opinion <laughs> that, that he already made um, I love you Tito oh, That's uh, great
0: guys that's great. I so I haven't been to Caveman burgers. I do like Laguna burger over on the west side. They're pretty good. Laguna is good.
1: Yeah. They're just like... like Laguna so I think the problem that I did with In and Out was like I assumed it was gonna be like a a burger joint, but like elevated just a little bit. And it's really not. It's like you can't really compare it to five guys, in my okay. opinion. Cause it, it's not it's not like that expensive of a place or like they don't have like all these toppings you can put on it like five guys does it it's it's definitely like here's a burger lettuce and tomato but everything's fresh and it's gonna be good okay yeah tito you're my hero though that was the best (laughs) i'll have to get out there and try it
0: one of these days i mean there there are so many places that i want to try like i think I was Uh, a grass burger that was a pretty good hamburger Uh, That was pretty good, too. So, I mean, it's strange. Like, we have some pretty damn good burger places here in town. But, like, honestly, like, I feel some of the biggest letdowns are actual, like, Mexican food,
1: which is really strange to me. Well, that's because it's, there's different, there's different kinds of Mexican food. There's Mexico Mexican food. There's southern New Mexico food. There's northern New Mexico food. There's, like, a mix of southern and northern New Mexico food. Like, I cannot get quality red or green chili down here. Really? It's it's enchilada sauce. And I can get... I take that back. I can get a decent chopped green chili. I can get a good chopped green chili. But as far as, like, a green chili sauce or a red chili sauce or... like there's there's a place here called Sadie's no affiliation to the Sadie's in Albuquerque and I got their enchiladas one day and was like oh yeah this can be great it was just green enchilada sauce and was super disappointing (laughs) I was like you realize we're in New Mexico right we have this thing called hatch green chili yeah and you can make a sauce out of it pretty easy and then put it on this and we're good to go but no
0: That's something I need to learn how to do is make like a a good green chili sauce. But my boys aren't real big on spicy food. So I have to kind of like temper it to when
1: uh, to when they're not here. So I'm the the same way because I Allie will a little bit, but she doesn't like it as spicy as I do. Yeah, she doesn't really like it spicy at all. She likes the flavor of green chili. So I I typically only eat. There's a Santa Fe Olay makes a chopped green chili in a jar i just get that because it's it's good it's like 75 80 percent of like if you were if i were to take chopped green chili okay or roasted green chili and chop it and stuff myself it's like 80 percent of that and it's easier and it doesn't go bad for a while so
0: okay that, that brings up a question that uh, i don't think we ever talked about it and tito if you're still in the chat i would love to get your your take on this when I first moved out here, I didn't know what green chili was. I ordered a burger down at Blake's. They're like, "Do you want a, do you want green chili on that?" It's like, "Okay, what?" Or do you want chili on that? I said, "Sure, whatever." I'll take chili on my burger. And it was a big pile of green goop on the burger. It's like, "All right, I don't know what this is." Tasted pretty good. I enjoyed it, and so I started getting chili on whatever I could. Where has the worst green chili, green or oh, green or red chili that you've had here in Albuquerque? Just, I, I would say, I mean, outside of Colorado, where's, the, where's the worst chili that
1: you've had? Like, if it's, I, I, don't know, I don't know if I've ever had bad chili. Like, nothing really sticks out as this is not good. Okay. Um, unless it's like enchilada sauce that's not really chili. But like, if you give me a chopped green chili, it's probably going to be good. I take the back. Oh, Where was it? There was a place that I got green chili on a cheeseburger and there was no heat, no flavor. It was like bell peppers, essentially. All right. Tito caveman has a caveman as a Mexican style burger with carne
0: asada ham, cheese, bacon, pineapple. And basically, okay, I'm done. See, ya. we're ending the show right now. I'm going to go over to caveman and yeah, get a nice. burger. You know, let's get out of here. Uh, go get some food. Um, I have to say the worst green chili I've had since I moved out here has been at Bob's. Like, like I, Yeah. I cannot stand the chili at Bob's. It's it's so overpowering. There's no taste to it. I don't know like,
1: that I've ever got a green chili cheeseburger from Bob's. No. You know what my go-to at Bob's is? Is the chicken quesadillas with the red sauce.
0: Really? Okay. Delicious. <laughs> with a side of
1: fries? Oh, it's good. <laughs>
0: Welcome to the Foodcast. Uh, another preview of a show we're gonna do this off season.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Monday bees, Tuesday wrestling, Wednesday food, Thursday wild card. You never know. You've got to tune in. Could be anything. <laughs>
0: Yes, it's going to be a fantastic off-season, folks. We can't, we can't wait for that to happen uh, whenever it does get here. But uh, as we do get into the meat and potatoes of our show, we do have some updates uh, for, for you guys this week. Here you go, Tito. I'm green over red all day, any day.
1: Black Diamond's in the chat.
0: Hey, Black Diamond's. Chris, how you doing, man? Glad to have you with us here tonight. Southerners like flavor. Hell, yes, we do. Give us some salt. Give us some butter. We're good to go, man. Throw some bacon in It makes it even better. There you go. That's what you got to do, man.
1: I was Did reading this. You, uh, I needed you. I needed you to reach your your level of accent when you say "stupid." I needed you to reach <laughs> that in that comment, and you didn't quite get there for me. Didn't quite get there. All right. No.
0: Well, how about this? We need some salt. Need some bacon. Need some butter in it. Shit, butter. Yeah, Get some Get there some butter. Get some get some grits and biscuits. There you go. That's what you gotta do, man. Uh, I can't wait. I am. I'm going. I'm going. Uh, I'm actually going to Georgia here in a few weeks. Yeah,
1: you told me. And
0: uh, man, I can't wait. Uh, go home, see my folks, get some home cooked food. I cannot wait, man. I cannot wait for that. We're gonna try. We're trying right now. We're trying to convince my grandparents to not go to Cracker Barrel for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Um, because that's what they've been doing dude, the past few years. Dude, I'm down to go to Cracker Barrel for I'm Thanksgiving, down. man. I will <laughs> to go, go to, to Cracker Barrel any day of the week. I'll go to Waffle House for Thanksgiving. I don't care, man. But, yeah, no, we're trying to we're trying to convince my grandparents to not go, because they don't know I'm coming. Oh, um, really? Yeah, I haven't seen my grandparents in, in forever. So uh, Sweet grits, there you go. Yeah, sweet grits are fantastic, man. Throw some butter, some grits, uh, some salt in there. It's fantastic, man. Throw some cheese on top. If you get real fancy, put some shrimp in there, some shrimp and grits. I don't think that's well, yes. sweet. <laughs> no, but you know, Bob's burgers, chili is great to See, we were just discussing that. I don't, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of their chili, but uh, more power to you, Tito, if that's what you like. Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe you just caught it. Maybe just caught it on a bad day, Seth. Maybe, but it's been at multiple locations, mm, so right. I don't know. Like, like I had, as a, I had it happen at both Los Lunas and, uh. uh is Letta. Bravo is letta So both locations, like the the, the the heat of the chili is just overpowering. Now, I like heat. I love heat, but I, I need some flavor to my chili too. So uh but anyway, yeah, we do have news.
1: We got some stuff to get to. Um, first thing you think, on You think if we ignore the United talk long enough, Jerry will go away before we start it. <laughs> Jerry
0: just might drop out before we get to it. He just might. But he's been he's been quiet for a few minutes. So maybe he's already gone. Maybe maybe his boss came and said something to him. Who knows? But um, I should, should find out where he works and call his boss and be like, hey, this guy is on the Internet <laughs> right now. There you go. Take a trip to Frank's. What is it? Are you talk about uh, Frank's uh, chicken and waffles over on uh, San Mateo. Is that what you're talking about there, Chris?
1: I'm down. Let's do I'm it. Down.
0: Frank's. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do an on location podcast one that. That's what we'll do. And we might have to record it and then upload it later, but we will definitely do that. Um, but yeah, United news, uh, came down. So we talked, we did the show Thursday night last week. Um, and we, we talked about Armando Moreno, torn ACL. We knew he was going to be out. We knew that Dev was going to be out for the rest of the season. We found out on Friday what the issue was with Dev. They found two arterial blood clots in his heart, uh, over the past couple weeks, he'd been experiencing some tightness in his chest, some pressure, and they made the decision to go have him checked out. They were able to remove one of the, cl- one of the clots and doctors put him on blood thinners uh, from a video that Dev put out uh, on Friday. So we know what's going on with Dev now. We know what's going on with Armando. And we were discussing in our group text, what this means for Dev and, you know, we know it's we know it's going to be out at least for the rest of the season. Now, I would assume being on blood thinners, there's the possibility that he could come back if they're able to re- alleviate that second clot and then get things under control so it doesn't so it's not a recurring issue. Um, but with a situation like this, if they can't get it under control, or even if he does stay on blood thinners. We don't know what the what the future holds for Dev, and my prediction was that there's a very real chance that this could lead him to retire. Uh, I, Jacob, I don't know how you feel about this. Um, I, I think it would be a loss if he did, but I think it just compounds the issues that we talked about last week.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think it depends on on if it's like a clotting issue. So like that of like a Chris Bosh here a while back or or something like that or or if it's if it was just this one time thing and and nothing else pops up over the off season you know I could see him I could see him coming back as long as that's the case but if it's a reoccurring issue that that just doesn't go away and and clots keep showing up then and he's got to get more and more procedures done then. Then yeah, I, I think it would probably be in his his and his his very young family's best interest for him to to go ahead and and hang him up for now. But um, I, either way, I'm happy that he's he's a part of this club and and he's going to continue to be part of the club um, even if his days actually on the pitch are over. Uh, you know he he won't up and leave. More than likely, he seems here. For the long haul we've joked around about him having a lifetime contract uh as a player anyways so um yeah it sucks and you know you look at the injury report last match and we had moreno who's out for the year Debs who's out for the year harry who's out for the year uh hamilton who might my- come back is what the last i had heard but that had that's been a while so i don't know i haven't had any updates we saw him about a month ago he wasn't in a boot um and was walking pretty good so you don't know there um and then nauseam's out as like a day-to-day type thing uh with a lower body lower body injury so so we were just super devastated there uh, on that front and then you you add in uh Guzman and and Suggs out on suspension and and it just couldn't have gotten worse from a player's not being able to play stand, standpoint. So I did actually have a question about Josh and
0: I was over in the subreddit during the match on uh on Saturday night and I made mention that I had gone back through and I researched Josh's yellow cards for the season cuz it was mentioned a couple of times and in the USL pre-match that Josh was on a disciplinary uh, accumulation warning. Well, I went back and I looked through and I saw that Josh did in fact have eight yellow cards over the course of the season, but he'd also played enough matches and had enough stretches of five matches where he played and did not get carded that two cards should have fallen off under the good behavior incentive. Now, over in the subreddit, people said that he was listed on the subs. But on the USL Championship website, he wasn't listed on there anywhere. So I was really confused by that on Saturday night. Now, I didn't see him on the bench. I could have just missed it. But he did not play if, if he was there. And yeah, Saturday night, just we were down so many people. And you, have, you look at all those <clears throat> season-ending injuries. And at this point, I don't expect Sam to come back. I think at this point it's just a okay. We're just gonna shut him down for the season and try to bring him back.
1: I could see them bringing him back if we make the playoffs and he's good to go. If uh, I'm, yeah, I saw that. I'm ignoring that comment. Um, Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. No, we're not. I'm going to ignore it. Um, We can talk about it. We're just not gonna address his comment. Um, I could see him coming back if we make the the postseason and he's ready uh fully ready i could see it being a boost uh for the team and and maybe kind of rally around him for that phoenix game having him come back but um other than that no i I, if he's not ready then if he's not 100 percent ready then you can't bring him back you can't risk it um if he played striker i would be like no he needs to be back but uh (laughs) It was so desperate Saturday that we had Touche in there as a center forward. Um, last I checked, I'm sure he. I'm sure he probably played some center forward, especially like in high school, when you you know when you're the best player on the team, you kind of do whatever you want. And I'm sure he played some there, but we did not sign him as a center forward. We signed him as a center back. And so when, when you're having to pull off Illich and put in Touche with like 25 minutes remaining. Um, Not a great sign. Tyler Matzik is a god. Let me tell you about Tyler Matzik real quick, okay? (laughs) I was sitting there watching the game the other night, and I was like, Tyler Matzik. Why does that name sound familiar? Hmm. Wait a minute. Looked it up. He was drafted 11th overall by the Rockies. Yes, he was. And then we... To be fair, he did not perform for us um, at, at all, really, just just was not good, and uh, and then I turn on the NLCS and he's just freaking lights out, incredible, and I'm like where was this? Why, why, why couldn't we have this? I well, so do you, you know his backstory, right? Yeah, he left and then came back. Yeah, and was an yeah, electrician, was- and yeah, I just. Yeah, he was basically, he was out of the game for five
0: years uh, with anxiety issues. And so come back and yeah, he's faced 17 batters with runners in scoring position in the playoffs this year. He struck out 11 of them. (laughs) And they're 0 for 17 against him with runners in scoring position.
1: Yeah, the dude's been insane. So anyways,
0: there you go comment from chris here touche played end-to-end with the soul actually really good on the attacking side so yeah good to know and uh, jerry says
1: don't be salty so yeah i don't know what to tell you jerry (laughs) if you were a fan of this team and you watched the game saturday and then you had some little pest in the comment section you would be salty too (laughs) so yeah we don't know what's gonna happen with dev
0: and moreno we don't know if we're gonna if we're gonna see sam back for the end of the year i i don't think we will i'm hoping we get nauseam back for saturday uh i think he would be good to have and as good as Ilya has been the last two matches well I say two of the last three matches you know he's we gotta have someone else in there you know and well, i know we have christian nava and we'll talk about that here in a little bit but you know
1: I don't the front office has some has some work to do this offseason no matter what the case is I'm assuming you're saying two of the last three because he yeah wasn't good Saturday I thought he played fine Saturday the the whole team just couldn't get the ball forward it was a center forward is only as good as everybody around him if he can't get service then then yeah he's not gonna look good and he just I don't feel like he had a bad touch or a bad turnover or anything like that. Like, I don't, I don't think you can look at anything he did and go, Oh man, he was the problem. I feel like everybody was the problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, and and we'll get into that here in just a few minutes. And, uh, next bit of news comes from the USL, uh, the USL championship and USLPA have ratified the CBA. And apparently it was a super majority of the players that voted for this. And so, uh, history has been made by the league and uh, you know, this is a, a huge step going forward. We we knew that this was coming and it actually kind of got the news, kind of got leaked yesterday, but uh, good to see that the league and the players association association both did ratify this. And I think it's again, a huge step going forward
1: for, for both sides. Agreed. I, I didn't look into it super, super deep, but. I, I hope we can like do a real deep dive into it this summer and and really learn more about what's going on in the league behind the scenes because, to be completely honest, we don't know a whole lot.
0: Uh, Chris has a comment here in the chat. It would be a surprise if Troy pulled Brown back. Not likely, but I'd love to surprise us. Well, we actually talked about this on the show last week um, about the possibility of Brown being recalled from his loan out to Oakland. I don't think they can since it's past the roster freeze date. Now we see stuff happen from time to time. Yeah, you know, We've seen emergency keeper loans and things like that. So while I don't think it's that type of situation, um, I don't think that they can recall him at this point. And, and even if they could, I don't think Oakland would just let it go.
1: So I, know. I don't know. I don't think they would try. Brown just obviously did not fit uh, with the team. I mean, I I called it weeks before they actually transferred him because he kept not showing up on the 18, but wasn't on the injury report. And something was just fishy and off about it. And, I mean, desperate times, times call for desperate measures. So it's, it's a possibility, I guess, but... I just don't see it happening because i don't I don't know how much good it would do because they obviously weren't on the same page on the pitch either. so yeah, yeah, even if we did even if we had
0: the ability to recall him from the loan at this point in the season, I don't think they would. I mean, like you said, they' they just they weren't clicking. He wasn't fitting well with the system and with the players around him. and I think it would just cause more discord than it would anything else at this point than to just go forward with who we have. So food for thought on that. And the other big piece of news, I don't know if you caught this today, but apparently Austin Bold FC have informed players and staff that they will not be continuing in 2022 ahead of a move to potentially Fort Worth, which is still pending based on a, on construction of a new stadium. So Austin Bold, we knew you well, we wish you all the best of luck in the future, and continue losses to the rest of the Western Conference in your future.
1: I just don't. Well, I don't think they can catch us. I think it's I no, think they're no. done. They're yeah. done. Uh, it's just us and RGV. Um, but, um, you know, it's sad because I I don't think. I think they might have had something had austin fc not sprouted up across town because they i don't know i i just liked what they had going over there and i i wish they there was enough soccer fans in austin to make both of those clubs work but hopefully they can pop up somewhere or or those players can can find success in different areas
0: yeah, I think we all saw this coming from afar when Austin FC was announced. And you look at the rest of the USL, you have similar situations with Miami FC and the Miami FC and then Charlotte and it's, Charlotte it's, Independence. It's Inter-Miami. Inter-Miami and Miami, what, FC. Whatever. Inter-Miami after they get sued by Inter-Milan. So, you know, <laughs> they may not even be Inter-Miami at some point. So, I mean, do we see similar situations with Charlotte and, and the Miami do we see those clubs potentially folding with
1: uh, with the introduction Early. of MLS clubs? Isn't Charlotte already like a guaranteed?
0: Oh but? no, that was Saint that was Saint Louis last. Yeah, year. that was Saint no Louis.
1: Mind, yeah, um, yeah. I I don't know, man. It's it's it would be it'll be tough to sustain two major clubs like that when, or it'd be tough for a lower level, quote unquote, lower level cl- club to succeed when there's a MLS club there too, just because, you know, people want to go to the big, like it's why AAA teams aren't in MLB cities because it doesn't work. They just don't get, they don't get the fans that they need to survive in those situations. So I don't know, hopefully I have when we talked about the USL as a whole here a while back, and I kind of think that it's it's going to trickle down to about 30 clubs in in the USL championship and then probably get to 20 in League One and then Pro Rail from there, uh, I think, is the dream scenario for the league.
0: Yeah, a lot of things up in the air. We do know of five other clubs coming into the USL Championship over the next couple of years. We know the MLS clubs are moving out. We There's going to be a lot of change over the next couple of years in the USL Championship. Once things settle, I think we're going to see a very stable – well, even we already have a stable league, but I think once MLS's hands are out of the cookie jar, I think the USL can really grow and attract – uh, additional markets and bring in some really quality, uh, quality pr- ownership groups and, and clubs, and the USL is just going to continue to grow in in popularity over the next few years. Uh, speaking of USL and the USL Championship, and the Astros just fumbled oh my word, that's a two base error there by Stanek. Holy crap! I apologize. You're what? ahead
1: of me, apparently. Because what the heck was that picture you know,
0: trying to do there? I
1: don't know. You're ahead of me. I'll tell you when yeah. I see it. But
0: okay. Um, but you know, the stadium bond discussion continues across uh, New across the the metro area, and there was an article that came out the other day talking about how there was an error on the bond wording itself on the ballot. Now, on the ballot, it has it listed as a general obligation bond. Uh, when it is in fact a general, a uh, gross revenue tax bond, and the and legally apparently there is no issue with this, but apparently some people are saying that it, that the club has been trying to mislead people. But really, what in fact happened is that this election is being run by Bernalillo County officials, and they did not have a uh, a template for this type of bond. Apparently, when they printed out the ballot or created the ballot, and so. Even the Bernalillo County official said, "Hey, we're not tra- placing the blame on anyone. We we didn't have a template for, for this, and so there is no actual issue here, apparently." Um, but do you think that the club has gone out of its way to try to mislead people as as some outlets are say are stating? Really, I I'm I, I gotta ask. I gotta ask because it, it is a it is a discussion. It's a I think it's worth at least a mention to show just how biased the local media outlets are.
1: Well, yeah, you can ask me about that, but <laughs> obviously they're not going out of their way. They're not misleading people at all. Like <clears throat> what's what's happened with these local elections is that so it it used to be every city, village, whatever had their elections in March. And then here sometime in the last three or four years, they basically said, Okay, well you guys can do that still, or you can opt into moving it to November and you can just lump it in with the county and the county can do everything and otherwise you're gonna have to have your own everything, your own ballot machines and this and that and the other, and and so I imagine Bernalillo County, this is the, probably the, one of the first times that they've had to do kind of stuff like this, and that led to the mistyping or whatever, however you want to put it. And and so, no, it, it's people are so dumb.
0: Yes, yes, dumb. they are. We can agree. And I did bring this topic up for another reason, too. Jerry, since you're in the chat, I did want to ask you. New Mexico United and El Paso both came into league at the same time. We're obviously going through the stadium bond issue right now. And El Paso is in a similar position where they are sharing a baseball stadium uh, with a minor league baseball club. Is there a push within the El Paso community and around the club to get them a stadium? And what what is the discussion going on there? Or is the club staying at Southwest University Park? So take question. take your time, Jerry, because I would be interested to know this because we know that the USL Championship bylaws say that clubs have to at least have a, a plan in place within three years. So, um, would we'll be because inter- I tried looking online today, I couldn't find anything about this discussion for El Paso. So, Jerry, like series talk one to get your your take on this. Um, where are they at? Where are Ooh. they at? He missed him.
1: He As missed a, him. Chris in the chat asked Jerry the, if the owners were the same uh, for, I'm assuming for uh, the Chihuahuas. Is it still the Chihuahuas? Yeah. The Chihuahuas and, and El Paso locomotives. So that's, that. I, I don't know the answer there. So I do hope that uh, Jerry can inform us instead of just talking smack and yeah. be useful for once. <laughs>
0: so yeah no a serious dis- Like it really is a serious discussion because I've seen it brought up over on reddit people talking about El Paso and how they're still in the stadium and, and this that and the other and and so like I said I tried to research it today I didn't see anything other than a few like op-eds where they said that, El Pat- that the locomotive should get their own stadium so I would love to see Jerry's take on this and see if there's been anything put out there about locomotive trying to get their own stadium or how the ownership group is handling the, the USL requirements, uh, for
1: a soccer specific stadium. Why are they showing this replay a thousand times when it's, it's clear by a mile that he missed him, but yet they had to check it for whatever reason. Baseball's Be- dumb. I freaking hate it. Because baseball.
0: MLB doesn't want the Braves to win. That's what it is.
1: I don't think they want the Astros to win either.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, the Astros did cheat, but um, yeah. Uh, so there's actually, a, there's this Twitter account. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's called that. It's like a, at ump scorecards. And they like score the refs and they show like how the decisions made by the, by by the umpires affected the game in terms of runs for each team. And throughout the entire series with the Dodgers, every single umpire scorecard from this website was in favor of the Dodgers. Like they were, like, there were decisions were adding potential runs to the Dodgers score. And it's so lost. yeah, still lost. So anyway, all right, Jerry here says, uh, owned by the same, same guy, but the owner is married to the owner of FC Juarez. Okay. And then no talks about a stadium yet. I find that very interesting. Um, Because I don't know how they're going to handle it. I mean, obviously, even if the bond passes, United will be at Isotopes Park for at least another year. So,
1: I don't know. I don't know how how this affects things. I don't know. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that with COVID last year, those of us that came in at the same time, I think there were seven of us. um, In fact, Austin was one of them. It was us and Austin and... Us, Austin, El Paso, Birmingham. I'd have to look it up. I don't remember all of them off the top of my head. I can't think of it either. Anyways, there were, I, I'm almost positive there were seven of us. And um and it it uh maybe the three year thing is getting extended a little bit because of the pandemic. And Nobody has actually said that, so I don't know for sure. And maybe United is just pushing forward with it because they really want to get the ball rolling and and they feel like they have a chance to do it now. But um, who knows? So maybe, maybe if this is a no in November, it can come back up at a later date and at a different election. Somebody was saying that they didn't even need to take it to election, that they could have just done it.
0: In yes. some way, shape,
1: or form. But. Yes.
0: So gross – so the, the gross revenue tax uh, bonds actually do not need voter approval. So technically the city and United could have just gone ahead and moved forward with it, but they decided to put it on the ballot to let the voters decide whether or not th- they approve of it. And, I mean, there's still people saying, oh, well, that money can just go to other stuff. And, okay, again, folks, like, trying to explain, like, how a, how these bonds work and then how the money, if it doesn't pass, how it gets reallocated and how it affects taxes. And, and the thing is, like, and a lot of people don't realize this, the gross revenue tax doesn't affect you or me, yeah. at least not directly. It's business owners. It's, uh, you know, Walmart, local businesses. Those are the ones that pay – uh, you know, that pay gross revenue taxes. It's not you and me as, as individuals. Mm. And so, I mean, I'm sure, you know, it get, it trickles down some way in terms of, you know, pricing or, you know, whatever on, on the goods and or services, but people just don't understand it.
1: Yeah. And speaking so, of, anyway, speaking of not understanding things, Jerry, Jerry says, what I see is they want to make El Paso a championship team before making a stadium. That's all fine and dandy. Bylaws are bylaws. It doesn't matter if you win a championship or not. You have to have a financial plan in the stadium or for a stadium within three years of coming into the USL, period. Now, that may be four years or five years now because of the the pandemic. But bottom line, you have to have a stadium plan at the very least in three years or less according to what we have read in the USL bylaws. So obviously we would want to win a championship for a stadium, but that's not always possible. And you haven't done it either. So shut your mouth.
0: <laughs> Chris says uh, in election years, it has to go to a vote outside election. year. They could have just done it. have to read more why. So I mean, there you go. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it's all still to be decided. We don't know what's going to happen yet. Get out and vote, um, you know, vote, Pro Stadium. You can vote for the stadium. You can vote for schools. You can vote for roads. You can vote for homeless elders. I'm in the process of getting some some data together to show just how much money we've approved over the past decade or so in terms of funding for all these different programs that people say that we're not funding or that we can't fund. So uh, there's going to be some information coming, folks, uh, either on Reddit or Facebook or Twitter or something. But We can fund the stadium. We can fund other stuff. The stadium doesn't stop anything else. And so anyway, get out, vote. Uh, Vote for the stadium, man. Vote for something that's good for our community, good for the city. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a good thing, guys. It it really is. And there's just some of the stuff that's out there. Like, oh, I saw someone someone trying to argue me that United is trying to hurt homeless people. No, United is not trying to hurt homeless people. Yes, that was a comment that was made to me on Twitter. Like, No, United is not trying to hurt homeless people. Like, come on, folks. Like, be realistic. It costs the city more every year to give Netflix their tax credits than it would to build this stadium. We're voting on $600 million of funding for APS over the next six years on this ballot one of those means is actually going to in fact raise your taxes so you know whatever go out I you know i I can sp- I speak for myself I say I supported every single one of the bonds that was on on the ballot this year we can vote for all of them I voted for the tax act because APS needs help although APS is probably beyond help no matter how much funding we give them so um anyway let's move on from this. Uh, it's going to get me all riled up and uh, we don't want that tonight, at least not yet anyway. Um, but uh, we have to talk about it. We have to talk about Saturday night down at H E B park, the Mexico United did go down and they lost to RGV by a final of two nil. And going into it, we were all fairly positive that we would walk away with a win. And I don't think we had any reason to think otherwise. I mean, El Paso. uh, RGV had not been playing well of late. Uh, They hadn't been at their best form. They really haven't been for quite some time. And so coming off of two solid performances against San Diego and San Antonio, I don't think we were outside of the realm of possibility and thinking
1: that we could go down there and win. You know what I failed to think about? I, I failed to think about the fact that we are terrible on the road despite the draw in San Diego, that was because of a last second goal. Otherwise it would have been a loss. Now I don't think we played as, we didn't play near as bad in that game as we did Saturday, but I didn't think about it being on the road and us just with our terrible road record this year. And then I hear Mondo's out. I hear devs out. You know, we, we thought Guzman was going to be out, but we weren't sure about Suggs. Um, turns out when you have seven of your 22 guys hurt or out for suspension probably gonna hurt you just a little bit and actually i think it's 20 guys um or 21 something like that uh no because we made acquisitions never mind 22 because we had and and uh uh nauseam additions but um yeah when you're missing seven of your 22 uh it probably isn't gonna go as smoothly as you think it is on the road so maybe maybe i should have saw it coming um it still didn't stop me from screaming at my tv multiple times uh specifically in the second half when we were already down and instead of attacking they were just kicking the ball back and forth between the back line and the midfielders and i was screaming at them to go forward um not the first time this year, uh, hopefully the last time, because hopefully we can actually attack in this last game, make the playoffs and then and then see what happens against Phoenix. But my Lord, man, it just uh, it was a frustrating game.
0: It was. And I think there was some optimism going into it because we saw how well we played against San Antonio. And that match, we knew we didn't have Dev. We knew we didn't have Amando. And I think our, I think it's not even. I don't even think it's arguably. I think San Antonio is hands down a better team than RGV. And after that performance, I was I was feeling pretty good about our chances going into it. You know, Ilya had looked pretty good. Uh, Bees was absolutely on fire. And I felt like we had some momentum for us. And even with even knowing we were we were we were already without dev and Amondo. You know, Sam, Harry, you know, we've known they're gonna be out anyway. So I wasn't even honestly I haven't even thought about them as being an issue at that point. But then popped up that Naj was hurt. And then I don't know how, I don't know. I still can't figure out why Josh Suggs was listed as suspended, even though he should have had two yellow cards dropped due to good behavior. And I still haven't gotten an answer from you championship about that. Yeah, um, I couldn't look at that. Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. That, I, I don't know if I, I was tweeting at uh Nicholas J Murray the other day. And uh, so we did set a record Wednesday night last week, yellow cards. We talked about that and uh, mm. you know, but even with that, like it's, I don't wonder Like Guzmán, we knew was going to be suspended. Fine, whatever. You know, we would have likely, we would have preferred to not have Guzmán in there anyway. You
1: know, because we have the ability of guys like Salee. I don't know. Like he year. was he was Earl's man of the match.
0: That is true, but you know, it's just one of those things where, and USL tactics over on Twitter talked about a little bit. We played well defensively for a while. You know, we were preventing RGB from from getting getting the, the final shot, getting that final attempt off. And we looked pretty good, going, pretty good defensively for, for a good, fair amount of the match. But going forward, we just didn't have anything. And we got question in the chat. Are we still playing da- up down
1: to the opponent? I say I we are. I, I don't say think we are. I don't think that's what it was Saturday. I, what it was Saturday was just a lack of passion and a possible lack of in energy. Um, for whatever reason, but uh, maybe that's, I don't know. It depends on what your definition of playing up or down to. Um, I think it's obvious. I think if, if, if you ask any professional athlete, they get up for the games against like, they just have more energy for the Phoenixes or the El Pasos or the loose cities, or uh, like in basketball, when the warriors were on their streak, like they had a target on their back and everybody even the Orlando Magic, when they came to town, were were gunning for them. Um, so if you look at it that way, yeah, we're going to have more energy when we go to play the better teams like San Antonio at home than we are RGV in RGV. But I don't know. It, I really just don't want to talk about it because it was so infuriating.
0: It might also have to do with the fact that it was our third match within seven days. That's something that, that's of concern, too, and... I think the scheduling, especially here at the end of the season has been terrible. Like I really think it has. And I think that's hopefully we don't have this issue next season. We'll get back to a full 34 match schedule. We won't have these backloaded schedules all these weeks where you have three, three matches in seven days. And it's just one of those things where like you're coming down the last week, of the season, do you, Like, why not? Why do three and seven days? Why not do like Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday instead of Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, which I think was just terrible scheduling by the league. Troy seemed hyped for the outing, said the guys were too. It's getting hard to know what's what. I I think it goes to what you just said. Like, the guys get up for the matches, but the product on the pitch doesn't seem to match that. So, yeah, you know, we can sit here and watch and, you know, tactically again, we tactically, we played well for a while, but we didn't, I mean, we had four shots. I think that's probably our worst offensive match in quite a while. Four shots, one on target. And it would just, it was just, we, I, I wrote in my, in my recap the other day, I said, you know, we lacked creativity We lack energy. We look flat going forward. And again, I mean, there's a lot of things that could go into that. You know, obviously injuries, playing on three three matches in seven days. There's a lot to look at when we try to break down what exactly went wrong for United. And, And, you know, it's just, I don't know, man. Like we've talked about it all season long. And we have times where it looks good. Where things look good. We look like we're on a roll and it looks like we're building momentum. And you know, defensively, I think we are. Defensively, I think we are building momentum. We've had a very good defensive season. I mean, have we given up more goals than we would have liked? Yes. But we're still near the bottom of the league in or near the at least we're I have to double check the stats after this past after this past weekend, but we're in the bottom half of the league in goals allowed. We're in the top half of the league in clean sheets. And so I mean, it's hard to pinpoint where the production issues are coming from.
1: I don't know, man. I, I mean, it's been 31 games now basically where for the most part, we've been having the same conversation about the offense and how it just isn't near what we expected it to be. Um, we looked at last year and we were like, Man, the offense is hurting. We need a little bit better production there, blah, 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 blah. And then they go out and they they sign Illich, they sign Brown, they sign Harry, they sign Cedro. they sign Rivas. You're just like, oh man, this offense is gonna be so much better. And then shut out in the first game. One one or two goals in the, the second game against El Paso. I think it might have just been one. One. Um, <laughs> one goal against El Paso. And then we did have two, three goal matches and you're like, Oh, okay, there it is. Here we go. And then it just never really showed up. It just, I don't know. It, I'm still scratching my head. I feel like the people are there. I feel like we should be a better offensive team than we are. And it just doesn't happen. And, and I think that kind of leads to some of the goals that, we've given up because at this point in the season, the defense has to know the offense isn't what it should be. And so there's extra pressure on the defense to, Hey, you can't give up anything because the offense might score one goal, maybe score two, and then you're pretty much it. So if you give up two goals, uh, other than the san antonio game i can't think of another game where we gave up two goals and got results uh let alone a win um it just it puts so much pressure on them and then one little mistake happens and and the whole team hangs their head after that first goal i mean even though it happened early in the second half you think okay it's okay there's still a lot of time and it just never looked like they even tried to get back into it like it's it's crazy to me that in a game That if you win, you guarantee a playoff spot. They score first. And then they have the better chances after that first goal all the way through the second half. Like there wasn't even a flurry in there. Like not even like a five-minute stretch where you could say, oh, we really turned it on there. So I don't know, man. It just... It was really, really annoying. Uh, Jerry, don't worry. We are going
0: to get to your comment uh, here in just a little bit. Uh, another comment from Chris. Uh, Troy is a gaffer. The system is based upon his experience. It's trying to, fin- trying to finally age like wine, but it seems like we're still a ways away. I mean...
1: We're three years I- in with <laughs> with Troy, though. I can-
0: we have transitioned the system, though. The system has transitioned over... I'd say that this season and the better part of last season. And I think what we have now works, but I don't necessarily think we have the right personnel for it, which is why after seeing the way things played out this season, you know, we, you mentioned already why Brian Brown wasn't quite fitting and we brought him in, didn't quite fit the system. Uh, You know, that's how we brought back bees, brought back silly guys who know how to play and they played under a similar play style back in the first season, but they understand what Troy wants each role within his system to do. We may be uh, running a slightly different formation than what we did in 2019, but I think that's more refined in what Troy expects from each role. And so there have definitely been times where it feels like we're not even close to what it's supposed to play like. But then there are others where... You know, we, we go through stretches this year, particularly on the defensive side, where we look great multiple matches in a row. And you can see the progression of the system of the player's knowledge and how well things are starting to click. And even and then that builds out from there and how things change throughout the rest of the system. And so there are times where you look at it and say, OK, that looks really good. They're adapting, they're transforming, they're understanding better about where they're supposed to be, what runs they're looking for, what areas they should be playing the ball into. But then there are others like Saturday night where it's just dead. There's just no creativity. And there's just no, and I I made a comment. I was like, I have seen no sense of urgency
1: whatsoever. And I didn't see any sense of urgency at all. And what's annoying annoying about that is that I have seen that multiple times this year. So it's one thing for it to be one game here, one game there. There's been like, like that seven game stretch where we didn't win. That was like that. It was like that, that whole game, that whole stretch. It was like, you guys just don't want it. Like it's I you guys come in here and come to the press conferences and you talk about wanting it and you talk about how much it hurts, but that doesn't match what I saw on the pitch. And that's a problem. Yeah. And I don't
0: think it's a lack of passion from the guys. I don't think it's lack of desire from the guys. I think it's just you come out and you just don't yeah. have it. Some nights, you know, and unfortunately in a league like this, you can't have off nights. You can't, you know, you pulled the golden state Warriors as a reference earlier. You can't sit stuff. You can't sit those guys for a night when you're playing down To a lower ranked club, and be like, okay, it's fine, whatever. If we lose, we lose because it's a seventy two game season, or you know, and and, and baseball it's a hundred seventy two or hundred sixty two game season. Like we're okay, you know, starting some guys, giving some guys a day off, you know. And this year with the schedule and the way things shook out, like you you can't do that, not without more depth in the club. And again, I don't think it's desire or lack thereof. I just, there are just some days where they just didn't have it. So, what do we see Saturday? Oh, Saturday, final match of the regular season. Real Monarchs come into town. Uh, is of course, the final meeting between these two clubs this season. The Mexico United, they come into it. A win all but guarantees them a spot. Now, I say that with the caveat that. They still need help. If RGV drops points in either match this week, either their midweek tomorrow night or their Saturday night match, United with a win on Saturday goes to the playoffs. Because a, a win puts United on forty-six, and if and if RGV does not uh, does not win out, then they're done. Their season's done. If, if at this point RGV wins out. Even if United wins on Saturday, then RGV gets that final playoff spot. A win for United, it doesn't matter what Austin Bowl does. A draw for United, it doesn't matter what Austin Bold does. But United has to win to give themselves the best possible shot.
1: Well, so let me let me ask you a question here, because because my head went through all the scenarios, and there is a scenario where there is a three-way tie. What happens in the case of a three-way tie? You go for the tiebreakers. Now, the odds of it. So the the first tiebreaker was head-to-head results, right? Head-to-head points, yeah. So we beat Austin. Uh Uh-huh. And we lose RGV. RGV RGV beat us. Austin beat RGV. So all Mm -hmm. three of those cancel each other out.
0: So So then then it's goal differential.
1: Go differential in the games. Yeah. It's the same thing. One cancels one. One cancels the other. One cancels the other. So then it's it, you go to points in the division, I guess. and I did yeah. not I did not dig that deep into it the other night, but it, it could get complicated if that's the case. Now the chances of it happening um, not super likely, it would need RGV to win and draw. It would need Austin to win and it would need us to draw. Um, so a lot of things have to go that way for it to happen but it's not out of the realm of possibility by any means.
0: Yeah. I think that's by far the most unlikely of scenarios. Um, But yeah, like I said, the the easiest path for United is to win and then RGV to drop points at some point this week. That's the easiest path. And yeah, it it does get a little bit muddled and, and yeah, like you said, it would be a draw for us, a win for bold and then a, win at a loss for Toros. Like it's just absurd. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I'd have to dig into it and see where exactly the, the tiebreakers would end up. Um, but I just, you know, I look at the season against the Real Monarchs. We had, uh, let me make sure I've got my information here. Correct. We beat them the first match out in Sandy, Utah, second match out. Uh, which was just a couple weeks later, we lost 3-2 in a very weird match. Mm-hmm. Uh, some weird goals being scored that night. Uh, we saw the ball do some funny things off the turf. And then the last time we faced them, we did beat them 2-1 here in Albuquerque. That was back on September 18th. Uh, Armando Moreno and Chris, and, uh, Chris Weehan both had goals in that match. And Charlie Weehan scored that night as well. And looking at it... You know, Monarchs, of course, are sitting among the bottom of the bottom in the USL Championship this season, Uh, double-checking to see where they are at in the Wooden Spoon uh, standings. I think think it's going to go to Loudon.
1: I think Jerry just had a stroke. Um, (laughs) Are you okay, Jerry? Let me know.
0: So, yeah, Loudon currently sits on 15 points. They have two matches left, so they could—
1: Finch with a maximum of 21. And you know what sucks about that? What's crazy about that? Loudon is is going to be the worst team in the league. They handed us our only loss at home. Mm -hmm. And that's just... That one just comes back. I understand that there were excuses that we could make there, but it it still comes back and bites me in the ass that... Know, if, if we can take care of business at home against Loudon in a season that we have a fantastic record at home, at least wins the loss-wise, um, I don't understand. Yeah, so uh, Monarchs
0: cannot win the Wooden Spoon. It looks like it's going to be a race between Loudon, SKC2, and Las Vegas to see who gets the Wooden Spoon. So uh, but all of of those clubs do still have at least one or two matches remaining, you know, looking at it and, and Jerry's got a great comment here and we'll, we'll talk about his prediction here in just a second, as well as our playoff hopes that he asked about earlier. Real has nothing to win and the Mexico has everything to lose. So I saw a similar comment the other day. Real has nothing to lose at all by playing however they want. There was a, there was a, there's a quote that came out. I think it was from one of the coaches that they played against that said they have the freedom to do whatever they want. They can try whatever they want. They can put out whoever they want. And you know, they honestly have been playing pretty well their last couple of matches. Uh, let me see. Two wins and a draw in their last 3. They picked up a draw against Uh, Colorado Springs that will 4-3 win over Austin Bold, then a 1-1 draw against Colorado Springs. And so I think we win Saturday night, but I think we see a Real Monarchs club come out and gives us some trouble. I think they do. Particularly, you know, through the midfield, I think they can cause some issues there. And so looking to see what happens on Saturday like i think it ends up being like 2-0 but i think real has better possession i think they get some better looks i just think we end up playing a better all around match than they do and apparently the ticket situation is looking pretty dang full for saturday night so good um yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. Like it really is. And and uh another comment here in the chat. We should I'm guessing it's uh should we see Christian Nava in that match? Seems like his age of talent, the monarchs youth thirst studs. Um I would love to see Christian Nava. I would love to see him. You know, uh I felt like he should have come on a lot earlier on Saturday night. I think he might have been able to provide some sort of spark. Um, I think maybe we run a two, maybe we run two up top with Illich and Nava up there. I think that could work.
1: I think it could. Yeah, I think I mean, I'm fucking give Nava the start. Yeah. I mean, you, you threw Nava in your starting lineup like a month into the season. And, uh, and I think now might be the time just, just do it and and see what happens um i don't regret that at all because at this point what do we have like obviously we can miss out on the playoffs but if we can't find something that clicks in this game then we scratch out a win against real monarchs and we get our ass handed to us by phoenix like i don't Try something that worked that could work because chances are we're going to scratch out a win somehow. Anyways, Braves just won. Yes, they did.
0: Um, <laughs> Game one of the world series, breaking news, Atlanta Braves topple the Houston Astros six to take a one Oh lead in the series.
1: FYI, this, this would not be breaking news except for the fact that it's the Atlanta Braves. If Astros won, probably wouldn't have mentioned it, but, <clears throat> um, as somebody who just won a Bowl, uh, i understand you're you're happy and and you want to celebrate a little bit um hopefully whoever starts whatever we decide to do it works and we can get some momentum i thought we had some momentum and you know it, maybe this is just like the austin match cuz honestly we have had a very good stretch of games the last two months ish um you know, we look at, come on, there we go. Before the RGV match, we had a 4-2 win. We had a 1-1 draw on the road against San Diego. Uh, we had a 1-1 draw against RGV, which wasn't great. The 2-2 draw against Harvard wasn't fantastic. You know, we did lose to Lou City, but that was in Lou City. Uh, 2-0 win against RGV. 1-0 win against San Antonio. 2-1 win against um, Real Monarchs. Then we had that dud on the 10th of September. um, And then a 3-2 win against Colorado Springs. Um, So from September 4th, so basically all of September and all of October, we have lost only three matches. One of which was to loose city in loose city. And the other two just kind of feel like they're just kind of weird results. So, Hopefully that was the case Saturday and it, as was the case against Austin back in September. And you know, maybe we just kinda had this weird rough patch and we can figure out how to score again and and get this clinched. My so so how do you think this will affect them? So if RGV wins on Wednesday Their match on Saturday isn't until 6.30. So we won't really have any idea what's going on there because we play at 5. We really won't know what's going on there until late, late in our match, maybe. And I mean, that's when it starts, is like 30 minutes before our match is supposed to end. So is there a difference? Do you expect to see something different whether RGV wins or loses on Wednesday?
0: Or draws? No, I, I don't. I don't expect their result on Wednesday to impact who starts
1: first us on Saturday. I, I don't know because I keep going back and forth. I'm like, man, if they win, then the guys know they gotta they gotta win to even have a chance. But then if they lose, it's like, okay, if we win, it's it's ours. Period. Point blank. Nothing else matters. So it's just kinda the only problem that if they lose on Wednesday, I could see them because if they draw but if they draw they if, if Rio Grande draws Saturday after a loss or no no sorry let me rephrase this if Rio Grande loses Wednesday and we draw Saturday, then if Rio Grande wins, we're both sitting at forty four, but I'm pretty sure RGV has a high tiebreaker on us. Yes. So you can't you just gotta go for the win and, and hope RGV drops points at some point. But I'm curious to see what RGV does Wednesday because that'll go a long way and how confident I am when we get back to talking about uh um Jerry's question here a while back about um how our How confident we feel on a scale of 1 to 10. You know, if RGV drops a result on Wednesday, then I'm feeling a lot better. Um, Because then I know if we just win, we're in. Uh, At this point, you know, we could win. We could go out. We could spank them 5-0. And it might not matter. And so our confidence can't quite be to that level um, until we know what RGV does. So I will say that I'm feeling fairly confident, probably like a seven and a half, maybe an eight. Uh, And I do think we go out and, you know, it's the last game in the season. (laughs) If, if it doesn't happen Saturday, it's never going to happen, but I'm going to go (laughs) for Um, Yeah. Again, Jerry's question. And
0: I wanted to wait until this part of the show to talk about this. And, on a scale of 1 to 10, what are our hopes of being in the playoffs? Obviously, you know, this goes back to a discussion we had a couple of weeks ago. I would much rather be in a position where we were we were comfortably in. Like, it was already set in stone we're going to be in, and we could take the time to, you know, work on some things during these matches, maybe rest a couple guys, and, you know, just work on trying to make sure everyone is ready to go for the playoffs. Based on how we've played recently, based on how, how – Monarchs have played. I'm probably about a I'm probably about a 7 or an 8 right now in terms of level of confidence and in our playoff hopes. Now, you know, and that's just based off of how I think we're going to play on Saturday, how I think our result is going to go. Now, looking at RGVs remaining schedule, obviously they have Monarchs tomorrow night. Uh that should be an interesting watch uh, it's going to start at seven o'clock mountain time. And then they have El Paso on Saturday. Um, I really don't think El Paso is going to sit anybody. I really don't. I mean, there's always a possibility, but, uh, you know, they did sit their guys last week, right, Jerry, or was that against, uh, close dose? That was yeah. a while back. Yeah. You know that they, they, they sat their guys, but you know, it, it, it we'll see we'll see, but that's where I am in terms of how I think we're going to play. I think it's going to be like two nil, uh, like I said earlier. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I think we're going to walk away from that with the win, especially you know on home turf in front of the, in front of the home crowd. I think there's just gonna be a different level of energy. And I think we're going to see, you know, bees nation take over once again. um, so yeah, I, I think that's where we're at. And then of course, Jerry threw out his prediction for Saturday night, United three Monarchs nil. So Jerry picking the Mexico United for once. Good to see. Glad to see Jerry's uh showing a little bit of common sense there. Appreciate that, Jerry. Um, uh, so Jerry's got that. And then uh, let's see, we've got a couple other things here in the chat. Uh, Chris, of course, will Nava be kind of like Brucey and how he gets time. So, this was something we kind of talked about a couple of weeks ago, last week, week before. Brucey kind of got platooned this year until the injury to, to Harry. And I think what, so, and Brucey stepped into that role. He's been playing fantastically all season long. He's been energetic. He's made a real difference on the pitch when he's out there. But in terms of Christian going forward, looking at our potential forward situation for next year, you know, with the injury to Amando, with, with, Dev being out, we don't know what his status is going to be. We don't know what Ilya's contract status is for next year. Um, that leaves us with no forwards on the roster, you know? And so I think what happens is next year we see Christian as long as he, doesn't go off to college i don't think he is or i I don't think he will especially since he has that first team contract i think christian is in contention for a starting spot day one next year and so i don't see christian missing out on too many games starting next season i mean we've got this this really bright young talent who is who brings a lot to the game And so I think we could see Christian Nava in there starting next year. The reason I disagree,
1: the two reasons I disagree. One, he is so small right now. I am am worried about him being able to get an abundance of minutes and stay upright. When we see how physical that match, those matches are, um and and he's he's young and he's a little on the small side. Um I would just like to see him get get a little tougher, get a little more more minutes under his belt before we say here's a starting spot. And then two, if we want to compete for a title, he can get minutes for us, but we cannot be relying on him. We cannot have we cannot expect him to go out and start every match and perform um as a 19 year old 18 year old whatever he'll be next year um, oh no I,
0: i'm not saying stick him up there as you know the number nine i'm not saying stick him up there by himself absolutely not um but i do think he is deserving of time deserving of opportunities Wait, will it be every match no but I do think he is in contention for a starting spot every yeah, week no. ne- next season.
1: I, I don't know about a starting spot. I would. I think he can be, like Chris said, the how Brucey was in year one, where Brucey came in off the bench and was like this, bam, spark off the bench. I just want to see him off the bench sooner. I want to see him in the 60th minute, in the the 58th minute, the 62nd minute. Not the 78th minute when he doesn't have enough time to settle in. And so I think next year he might he'll I think he'll get a couple spot starts and stuff like that but but Chris brings up a, a point in the chat here that that is exactly what I was thinking was if you look at Nava and then you look at Diego Luna from from El Paso, Diego Luna is a thick boy um, he he is he is strong enough to take that beating. And and I think they're about the same size height wise. I I don't think Diego is not very tall, but Diego just has a body that's more filled out and more capable of taking a punishment um, than I think Nava is. Nava fights his ass off. Nava is a pit bull in the mold of Tenari from what I've seen so far. And I think he's come in with a chip on his shoulder because he's 17, 18 years old and and he's small in stature. So he's going to come out and he's going to have to fight and prove himself. But I, I think Nava is a great piece for us going forward. And and I hope that he gets some minutes. I mean, I, I put in the Facebook group on, on Saturday that he should have been in 10 minutes before I commented that. And it was still like five more minutes before he even came into the match. So it's, it, it's going to be something to keep an eye out next year for sure. But, but we got to go out and some sign some guys up top that are going to work out, you know, and and see if we can get this offense back up to uh, above the level it was even in year one. So
0: I mean, Diego Luna has about six inches on Christian. He's also a year older. Um, or was he that eight? much taller? Yeah, about six inches oh, taller. Oh, yeah, according to the press release from when we signed Christian to uh the academy uh, I had him listed as 52 and so yeah he's he's he does have so he does need to develop a little bit now how tall he's actually going to I don't know i mean that's uh i mean that's a prediction game that no one's ever going to guess right the
1: height um, the height i'm not super worried about uh, he i mean he, we we see short people compete in this league that's one thing about soccer is that you can you can be 67 like like uh, Schuberg from Cara or from San Antonio, and, and perform, or you can be in the five foot range, like a Messi or something like that. I know th- those are two giant discrepancies in talent there, but, but you see, yeah, like Wehan, or not Wehan, um, like uh, Asante, you, you know, you can see smaller people in stature compete and do well in this league. Just like you can see, giants do well in this league. That's one thing about soccer that's great. But unless he's going to flop around like a fish, like Asante does, you got to be strong enough to take a little bit of contact and and finish, or take a little bit of contact and get that pass off, and get the cross off, or do this, or do that, or or just fight through it. And be quick enough to get around it. And so, I think Navas quick enough to get around it most of the time. I'm just worried about the couple of times that he's not when he gets crushed, uh, if if he's going to be able to keep up. So I don't know. We have a lot of time in the offseason to talk about that though.
0: Yes, that, that we certainly do. And yeah, I think it's about that time of the show where we start to kind of wrap things up a little bit. You've heard our predictions for this weekend and yeah. you know, our, how we feel about our playoff chances. And you know, you've heard our thoughts on a number of different things tonight. And so like we mentioned at the top of the show, Jacob and I will be out there. We do s- still have flags to give out, folks. If you did not get a blackout night flag, uh, let us know. We still have some of those to give away. We haven't talked really talked about that too much, but we do still yeah. have flags to give away. So if you didn't get one, let us know. Uh, we'll be happy to get you one. Uh, I think there's going to be some sort of flag given out this Saturday night as well. So, mm-hmm. um, And I do have a couple extra uh, Chili's flags. So uh, I've got one for Earl. And you want one? I guess I can give you one. Of course I won't. <laughs> you do not see my wall? Oh, oh! so you are a fan. So I wasn't night. sure with how you tried World to night. give San Antonio points the other night. So
1: I do not recall this. Okay, uh, then. <laughs> I, I just said that I thought the penalty was a penalty. That's all I said. That was it.
0: Yeah, you're trying to give the match to San Antonio. That's and the red are. and
1: the red card was a little bit soft,
0: but that's that's it. Yeah, so you're, you're trying to give the match to San Antonio. I'm trying to be
1: <laughs> unbiased here. That's what I'm trying to be. Anyways, yeah. So we do have those flags, the blackout flags to give away. We will be back next Tuesday. Um, we will have probably results about the stadium bond next Tuesday. We will have. That reminded me of something I wanted to do. Okay. Uh, We will also have playoff preview. Um, Whether we're in it or not, we will talk about the playoffs, at least in the Western Conference. Um, Obviously, we'll have the results of Saturday's match to talk about. Um, It'll be a very, very busy show next Tuesday. And uh, with that, I will let Seth do whatever he was going to do, say whatever he was going to say, and then we can call it a night. Oh no, I um. Oh, you weren't gonna do another on the show? Something else? Okay.
0: Yeah, no, I'm not gonna
1: do it on the show. No, it's something that I was gonna reach out to uh, to talk okay. about. Okay. Well, we we'll, we'll also, Seth is leaving us on a the cliffhanger there, um, and he'll have to tell us next week what that was. But um, yeah, I think that that uh, it'll be a fun one next week, regardless of of if we win or lose. Um, we'll still have the playoffs to look forward to uh whether we're in them or not like i said hopefully we got good news on the stadium man if we lose or miss out on the playoffs because rgb wins twice and then the stadium bond fails we might take tuesday off we might we might just have to wait a couple days for everybody to recoup and <laughs> and feel a little bit better so but the plan as of right now we will be back tuesday night nine o'clock I think Earl will be with us. I'm pretty sure he will be. I know he's coming back this weekend. Um, but uh, but we'll all be here to talk about it, talk about everything that I mentioned and more. Um, it, it's just going to be a fun one. Uh, Seth, do you have uh, updated standings on the football picks? Because I know um, Earl didn't get his in until late. I, uh, no, I haven't looked at that okay.
0: today. Right. Okay. So. Well, I I will get those numbers together tonight after I finish my uh,
1: online classes. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, okay. All right, guys. Well, come back next Tuesday, Chris, Tito, Jerry. Uh, thank you for for all coming to the chat and and having the conversation with us and and whatnot. Uh, we just really appreciate you guys, uh, Black Diamonds and and La Malacion, Whatever you guys are just doing great things there. So, uh, just keep it up. Uh, Jerry, go to bed or go to work. Do whatever you need to do, and uh, and we'll see everybody next Tuesday. Somos English. You've
0: been listening to Somos Plus, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and weekly discussions from around the world of sports. Each episode is recorded live on Tuesday nights on our YouTube channel and goes live on podcast platforms around the world later in the week. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bedoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using ZenCaster and Audacity.